can't, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever Everything stayed the same Now my heart feel like December it is the 23rd of May, and you are listening to the Wise Man Wrestling Podcast. It is, is one-third of the Wise Man, Gerard, here with you because I am just bursting at the seams. I can't not, not talk about wrestling um, anymore. I got to get some of this out. Um, I, don't have to, I don't really have the time to talk to you about everything I want to talk to you about. Um, I don't want to talk to you about things that I want to have a conversation with my bros with. Um, but I got to talk to you about some of the stuff that's been going on lately. Um, I got to get it out, man. I I know that we're busy and we have other things to do. I got other things I got to do, but I got to get this out. Like, I have to talk to you guys. I, I'm starving to have wrestling conversations with you guys um, like we have been before. This is officially episode 84 of the Watchmen Wrestling Podcast. Um, Sean and Ray. You keep those guys in your thoughts and your hearts. These guys are busy um, out there being essential. Um, I was just able to string together a couple of off days. I worked some overtime this week as well. <laughs> so I'm um, still trying to put something together for you off of a whim. Um, just things that I've just been thinking about that I just want to speak to you with. Um, we're not completely without my guys. Um Ray actually wanted me to ask um, answer a question for him on air, so we're going to put that in the show later. Um, but, yeah, I missed you guys. Um, our small little audience that, you know, depends on us for all your wrestling talk needs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you would think that, you know, for some people uh, during this pandemic that they would have the time to be more creative and put more content out. And there's definitely uh, some things that are happening out there. There is more content coming out. There's tons of music coming out. Um, there seems to be way more podcasts um, popping up here and there. I'm seeing, you know, a lot of guys that were kind of just following us. And, and, and now you guys got shows too. We all got podcasts. This is great. This is, we're all communicating with each other um, through this medium. And, you know, it's just, it's just a good time. Especially if you can put something together, there's some some big money moving around in, in the land of podcast, and this is just becoming a thing. Um, I think, as a whole, what we're going through um, as a nation, as a country, as a world, as a planet, um, it kind of helps you put a few things in perspective in terms of what's really important um, in your life and the lives of the people that you know are close to you. Um, I would love to, you know. Not to say that I'm not trying to say I want to trade places with anybody who's been unemployed or, you know, kind of suffering any sort of financial hardships because of this. Um, uh, my thoughts are with you as well. Um, and I'm trying to help out anything that I can. I can only grub up so much. <laughs> Seems like everybody wants you to order something, order more food, order pizza, order this, whatever. Try to save the man. Look, I know I know that Amazon is not suffering um, because I've definitely been holding them up. <laughs> with everything that I've been buying and yeah, I've been grub-pupping it and things like that. And we've been ordering lunch a lot lately at work and 
you know, things like that. Um, trying to take advantage of all of these quote unquote discounts for quote unquote essential and I would say quasi, I would probably consider myself as quasi essential. And I've been taking advantage of a couple of these discounts out here, but I also know that's because we're also supporting, you know, saying those businesses as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you are been affected by this, um, first of all, you've been affected by this um, health wise, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you. If you lost anybody, I know a couple of people who have lost um, some people due to COVID and my thoughts and prayers are always with them. Um, if you've been affected financially um, by this, um, I'm, my thoughts are with you as well. I'm when I'm, I'm when I'm when I'm speaking to you guys. I'm hoping that if, for example, your job and the time and the energy that you put into it has separated you from doing something else that you really want to do with your time, um, I hope that you're that the time that you've been you know blessed with, um, you're parlaying that into into a dream into a goal, into changing careers, into a second string of income. I, you know, I hope that um, you're using the time wisely and, and it be, it's fruitful for you um, and that you're not just suffering um, because your job can't pay you right now. Um, for most people, the lockdowns are getting ready to end anyway. So I hope that I see, you know, I'll be seeing a lot of you guys back at work and, especially if that's where you want to be. And if you not, it's not where you want to be, I hope that this time is giving you the opportunity to transition into what you're really supposed to be doing with your life. Um, I really hope that. Um, and to everybody who's also affected by this to the, to the extent where, you know, your kids are home with you all day instead of going to school or somewhere, you know, I feel for you too. <laughs> um, uh, but keep your families close through through this time because um, it's very uh, for some people it's difficult for for me it's just really weird um and I would you know for the people that are close to me we're just going through a weird time and that's good um but it's weird but hopefully we can parlay this into feeling our passions and for me that's talking to you guys about professional wrestling um outside of like cooking more than usual and, you know, watching a lot more Netflix <laughs> and playing way more video games than, you know, a 41-year-old man should probably play. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got some stuff that I want to talk to you guys about this week. Um, some good stuff, some bad stuff. Uh, some bad stuff and some more questionable stuff. And then hopefully a trip down memory lane to – uh, when I was a fan, when I was a fan of wrestling as a child, um, so let's talk about a part of talking about wrestling and wanting to be a wrestling podcaster or wrestler blogger or reporter or whatever. And um, the one part that sucks the most—that's not a secret to anybody—is talking about the frequent. Shamefully frequent um, wrestling, professional wrestling related deaths. Um, trying to gather myself to talk about uh, a great person that we just lost recently. And it's like you can't get a break because as I'm going to sit here and talk to you about Shaq Gasper, um, 
I'm talking to you about him in the midst of another very troubling, tragic wrestling death. Um, it's just something that we need to break on. Um, Shad Gaspard. He was best known for his WWE gimmick with JTG called Crime Time. Um, he did a he did a slew of other things as an actor. Showed up at different movies, Get Hard, um, Think Like a Man too. Um, he's been in, he's been in a few other things here. Um, I'll probably say the probably the other most notable thing he did besides his WWE stint, and I know he was very active still in the in the wrestling community, um, doing any shows and things like that. But probably the other big notable thing that he did, um, he was the he was the basically the body model for for Kratos in the recent um, God of War video game that dropped on the PlayStation Four. Um, when you're playing with Kratos, that's 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 sad. That's his physique. Um, so the story goes that he was swimming um, in the ocean. I believe he's he's out there in California, Venice Beach, um, with his ten year old son, and uh, I guess with those, I don't know too much about the ocean and waters in general, but. Um, from what I'm gathering, like, you know, sometimes those ocean waves can get a little crazy. Um, and it gets a little dangerous out there. They're about, I, I guess the story says he's about a few, maybe 50 yards away from shoreline, uh, swimming out there with his, with his son, presumably that would be okay for them. Or, you know, this is something that, you know, they, they do out there frequently, especially if you know how to swim. I mean, he was in good shape. Um, his wife is in good shape. I'm pretty sure they passed it on to their son as well. Um, so it's something that he can do. Um, that was normal, presumably. Swimming in the ocean. And the waves started acting crazy. And it turned into a, a dangerous rescue type of situation. Uh, I believe the lifeguards got out there to him and his son. Um, and in the midst of trying to rescue them, um, Shad indicated to the to the lifeguards that you needed to save his son first. And they were able to save his son. Um, and when they went to go back to get Shad, another wave took him down under. We held on to faith and we held on to hope that he would come out of this alive because there was nothing that could be reported at that time. He was missing. Um, abruptly as such, he was missing for two whole days and then they found the body. And took the time to properly identify it before they misreported it. Um, 39 years old. 10-year-old son. Wife, Siliana. Sucks. It's not like you want to compare these things, even though they happen so much. And not just talking about wrestling dumps, but just... You know, situations like this, you don't want to compare them. But for me, it hits a little different and it hits a little harder 
when you know there's always there's always nice things to say about somebody when they pass away. It's always something nice you can pull out of there. Um, and for some people, there's a lot of nice things that you can say. But when the when when the guy is like super nice, like super duper nice, it just hits a little different. Um, that's when it gets into, I don't know, that it's just internal struggles and just why him, you know, things of that nature. I mean, he, he even in his presumably, allegedly dying breath, he was a hero to his family. Gosh, it's just, oh, it's different. I don't. I, I mean, you know, the death of a guy who you know presumably did let a you know some pretty decent life. You know, it shouldn't hit any different. But like when you you can't find one. I mean, when he was alive, forget you know all of the outpouring of 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 support that that came out after he passed away. Even when he was alive, like you know, you couldn't find anything on him. Scandal-wise, anything wrong. He doesn't have bad tweets that you're going to go back and find. He doesn't, you know, have a history with this. You know, can't find a mugshot. You know, saying like this guy was clean. He was just an all-around good guy, and that's probably the bigger part of his legacy. Bigger than you know what he did with the WWE. Bigger than the movies. You know, like. That was probably the biggest part of his legacy. The last time that I remember seeing him in social media land was when Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania last year. Um, that video of him and MVP sharing that moment um, that a lot of people shared when when Kofi won that championship. Um, he shared in that moment. Probably the one moment I remember before that was the video of him on stage with Wale during Wale Mania. Because Wale throws that Wale Mania party and they said during WrestleMania weekend. Like, you know, this guy was just always there. Um, And seeing the outpouring of, you know, condolences and respect from many people who knew him and knew of him, he, he affected everybody. This is, this is, this is, uh, internally, um, from the industry, this is a big loss. Um, I can only think of like maybe when Dusty passed away, did I see this much of just outpour from the wrestling community, from all companies, not just you know WWE, just all of them, just indie to you know past, present. Like you can't find man. It's just. Ugh. I don't even think you get fence to respond to everybody's birthday or everybody's passing. You know, there's only certain ones that he he even will go out his way to to tweet and not just, you know, the general, you know, have somebody sweet for him, but you know, to personally, you know, put his personal snap on. And he, you know, he tweeted a paragraph. This is a really special dude. Very special guy. So it's I'm sorry, it just hits different when it's 
that kind of person that leaves us. Prayers and condolences to Shad's wife, his his son, the rest of his family, um, his friends, his colleagues, the professional wrestling industry, um, all of his fans. Um, pray for JTG. JTG. Um, that was not just the on-screen gimmick. Uh, they were friends. Um, through thick and thin, through and through. Um, it's just it's that stuff. And to still be in that moment, I mean, they they just had a um, today being the twenty third of May, they just had uh, a memorial for him. Um, I believe the um, last night at Venice Beach at the at the spot where you know he was last seen, and there was a lot of people that did come out in support of that, and you know. His wife was there. His family was there. Um, yeah, he he affected a lot of people. Just behind the scene, you never know. So, rest in peace to Shad. Um, at thirty nine, you probably had so much more to offer, but based upon everybody's lives you touched, you've done more than enough. Done more than enough, sir. Rest in peace to you. I also do want to mention a brief um, rest in peace to Hana Kimura, um, the young lady, the young 22 year old um, stardom, um, star, stardom um, wrestler that um, apparently took her life. Um, either last night or early this morning, um, or at least when we were made privy of it. Um, I'm, I'm saying brief because um, I think to, to me, well, for one, I don't know much about the young lady other than the fact that, that she uh, was one of the women that participated in the um, the first ever women's match that took place to take place at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. Um, it was untelevised, but we were able to go back and, and take a look at it. And she, she was a very talented young lady. Um, I don't like I said. I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't know so much about her. Um, I think we're at, at the beginning of getting to know her, who she was from a fan perspective. Um, but um, and also because of um, apparently this is a suicide, and I think suicides are kind of a, a different thing. Um, it's still fresh. They're still talking about you know, you know, the reasons why and, you know, news is still kind of coming out about the situation and people are kind of already showing their ass. Um, in addition to the, you know, to the people who are actually genuinely um, saddened by this, um, apparently this is a young woman who would also touch a lot of lives like Shad. Um, and it seemed like she was on her way. And I don't want to um, speak out of line or out of turn or, or, or give out any sort of details that are not clear to me yet. Because, uh, like I said, this is just happening um, as I'm recording. So, um, but rest in peace to Hana Kimura. That's just completely sad, you know, saying for somebody to take their own life. Um, 
I would just say this, that um, all of the positive comments talk about how she's just super positive and, you know, always smiling and, you know, always happy. And um, just a word on that, just, just know that you got to check up on your strong friends and you got to check up on your super positive friends. Um, and if you're really a friend of somebody, you know, you won't let them lie to them. You won't let them lie to themselves. Uh, cause, cause it, it could be a matter of life and death, unfortunately. Um, and I apologize if that comes off as insensitive or not at the right time or, um, but you never know. You never know like what somebody's really going through and, you know, in the end, there's only so much that you can do. Um, but yeah, prayers and condolences to her family, her friends, um, to the wrestling community, the people who knew her. Um, from what everything I'm seeing, she somebody that was great, and it's a shame that we won't get to see any more of her. And for every reason why she made this decision, it sucks. Um, I don't want to believe that it was solely cyberbullying, but like I said, I don't want to speak too much about it because that's just, just so messed up. It's just so messed up. Um, but yeah, just prayers and condolences to her family, her friends, um, and everybody who's mourning right now. We, we, we can, as fans, we just cannot get a break um, when it comes to these wrestling deaths. And on the anniversary of a pretty big one, and yeah, we, yeah we're not, yeah. Um, rest in peace, Tahana. So about pretty much a calendar year from today, um, around this time last year, um, we recorded a show entitled The Leo Rush Experience or a segment for a show called The Leo Rush Experience. Um, and we talked about Leo Rush and the issues that he, he was having backstage um, at the time being a WWE superstar. Um, you know, the kind of things that he was kind of running into, um, kind of running people the wrong way, wanted to kind of do things his way versus, you know, um, the WWE way or, you know, respecting the locker room the way it should be respected and things of that nature. Um, these things kind of come in, came up recently. I want to kind of go back and talk about it. Um, the new cycle in wrestling just happened so fast, but I want to go back and talk about this because I had some thoughts because the new things kind of came out. So, as you know, as of recently, Leo Rush is one of many people that got uh, exonerated <laughs> from their contracts with the WWE, um, a, a move that's usually happening, you know, post-WrestleMania. Uh, and, you know, we still wish the best of luck to everybody who presumably lost a job with the WWE um, because now they have to find something else to do. Um, I suspected a lot of these guys that got release will probably end up back in the WWE sometime in the future once um, business is well, presumably well, and, you know, things are opening back up. We already see that um, Kurt Angle is going to be on NXT next week. So, um, you know, they kind of kiboshes the whole thing about him being released. He, he, he's the guy that still be used if you're still loyal. Um, but there's a case going on with Leo Rush who, you know, with anybody else is going to take to Twitter to express their 
thoughts and frustrations and feelings about, you know, their careers in the WWE and, you know, things of that nature. Um, Lear Rush decided that recently he wanted to talk about um, the conflict that occurred between him and Mark Henry um, during his time um, in a few tweets. And he addressed it um, in a way. It's like, yo, I remember when, you know, Mark Henry basically said that I lied to him about what was going on in the locker room at the time. Um, and he was kind of just coming from from an angle of, yeah, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we having this conflict in public with each other um, on a public platform with each other? You know, why are we kind of doing this back and forth again? Um, and Mark Henry's response to... Um, said tweets where he was speaking about, you know, Mark Henry and the, and the things that he might have gotten wrong about the story that he told. Um, Mark Henry's response was like, yo, you know, it was, it was a possible lawsuit. Now, we haven't really heard anything since as to whether or not Mark Henry actually is going to go through with a lawsuit or if that's just something he kind of said, you know, to kind of put him in check to say, hey, like, you know, you can't really be talking down about other people in public because it could be considered defamation of character, which, you know, more or less it could, even though, from my perspective, I, I see it as being a little bit silly, and I'm going to explain why in a minute. Um, but it's just kind of just this, this little back and forth, this little conflict that's going on between Leo Rush and Mark Henry that's been quiet, and I hope it's, it's being quiet for the right reason because it's just something that doesn't need to be talked about in public anymore, at least between them two. Um, but I wanted to kind of touch back base on it um, because it's something that we discussed on the podcast before. Um, when Leo Rush is going through that turmoil, he was last year, he was presu- he was taken off of television. At the time, he was partnered with Bobby Lashley. And, you know, so his 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 shenanigans got on taken off of television and presumably taken off of the road. And we didn't see Leo Rush for about a good six, seven months after that. Um, when we would finally see Leo Rush again, he would be a part of the the Cruiserweight division that was part of NXT. Um, so the idea of somebody like Leo Rush not having to travel, um, but being in one spot and being able to kind of work this out of Florida at the at the performance center and kind of do what he does best um, – which is in the ring and being a wrestler, like we felt like that was a good fit for for Leo Rush and that type of personality and probably what he goes through um, mentally as a superstar. You, we know that being on the road is is a daunting task, and we've clearly seen over the years that it's not for everybody. It's not something that every "quote unquote" superstar can handle, and you know the ones that do, they kind of handle it in different ways and in their own way. Um, it's just not the environment for everyone. We've seen, you know, uh, people on the NXT roster who kind of come out and say, hey, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that kind of travel. I don't want that schedule. You know, guys who, you know, they sign into these these crazy deals right now that they want a television. It's like, hey, I will sign this deal and I'll be a part of this, but I don't want to work that schedule. I don't want to work that travel. You know, so I want to be part-time, like a Brock Lesnar or a Nedge. Um so it's, it's not for everybody, you know, and not, not everybody can handle it. So we thought that was a good fit for him. 
and he was great in that role. He they they put the cruiserweight champion on him, championship on him, and he had a few great matches. Um, um, did some really special things on on NXT. Now being on television now, um, and then like all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. He's gone with a whole bunch of other people who, you know, being cut like that, you can't just kind of single somebody out and like, oh, they definitely got rid of him because of these issues. Um. I don't think that's really fair to say that anybody got cut in that way because there's nothing that came out to say that that was the reason they got cut. So we can't, you know, presume that's the reason why because of these previous issues that he's had. Like, we're talking a whole year ago. You know, it's a short time, but it's a long time. But the thing with Mark Henry, so Mark Henry has this image um, I don't want to just put it, pass it up as an image. I mean, he's a really good guy. And there's many stories about, you know, sort of things that he's done, you know, saying behind the scenes and in the locker room. He's gone to bat for a few wrestlers. We know that he's very um, active when it comes to um, person of color type issues that are happening back there. He was very vocal with the, with the Hogan thing. Um, very supportive about the Kofi Kingston thing. Um and we know that he's gone to bat for a few guys back there. He's been an elder statesman, and people look up to him and respect him. So it would seem odd, and it would seem um, just weird um, when you hear that Mark Henry tried to help Leo Rush um, during the time that he was going through those issues, and, you know, Leo Rush didn't just fool with him like that, you know? But that's... That's what it is. Um, just because you're a nice guy and you have this image and you do this thing and, you know, there's a couple other characteristics um, that you guys share, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to fool with you. Everybody's going to trust you. Everybody's just going to take advice from you. Um, it's not really the habit of somebody who thinks they, they know better and, Leo Rush, from the outside looking in, from us, we can be looking at the situation and be like, hey, you know, it's it's really foolish for you to not take some advice from a, a, a Mark Henry, you know? But it's like, we don't know exactly what Leo Rush is thinking. We don't know what's in his head. We don't know, you know, what he thinks is a good idea was not a good idea. Um, the idea was that you know, Leo Rush was the new guy on the block. So they expected him to carry bags. They expected him to hand out water. And, you know, Leo Rush had some some things to say about that. He had some points to make about that. And and you know, the reason why he didn't want to he didn't want to do those things. Um to kind of just say, well, hey, you know, these are just things that just have to be done. I mean, Leo Rush and everybody that's a part of his generation, um you want to call them millennials or whatever. Um, it's kind of in their nature to challenge tradition um, and not to be obnoxious about it, but, you know, to not just, that's just roll with things that, you know, we've always done things this way. So you have to do these things too. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older. I think I'm a generation Xer. Um, we question things. But we still have people that we didn't want to upset. And, you know, so we kind of rolled things. But we, we started asking the questions. We started having kids. And I think the thing that we instilled to them is like, hey, we don't don't just accept things for face value. Ask questions. 
figure out why. And they and and and, and our kids and the generations below us, they they they've taken that that piece of knowledge, that piece of advice that we've given to them, and they turn it around and say, Hey, we're gonna question these things and why do we do these things and why is this still this way? Like, you know, um when I talked about this with the other wise men, um, those guys being more sports oriented, um, I was a nerd. I didn't get into sports at all. So, you know, it's a whole idea about, you know, I, I call it a hazing on the show, but it's not necessarily hazing. Um, but like these things that you have to do when you're part of sports and you're part of organizations and, you know, these are the way that we kind of do things. And, you know, I kind of got some resistance on that when we talked about it as a group, because it's like, Hey, well, you know, you had this opportunity, you want to blow it. So you're going to do these things. But, I kind of challenge them because it's just like, just because it's tradition doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's tradition doesn't mean it's fair. Just, a tra- just because it's tradition doesn't mean it can't be questioned. It can't be challenged. Um, and I know how I feel. Um, not even not even coming from from uh, a background of sports, but like for example, turkey. Turkey is trash. Turkey, the meat, the bird. As as an entree, that's something that you eat. It's trash. There's like this certain formula that you have to follow that most people can't follow, and if you don't follow it, you know the bird comes out, you know, out of the oven dry and nasty, and it's just trash. But as tradition, we got to have turkey for Thanksgiving. For some of us, they want it again on Christmas. But why? Turkey's trash. It's it's the worst meat. Out of all the protein in the world, turkey is the worst protein. But for some people, you can't go against the, tradi- tra- the tradition of having turkey for Thanksgiving. Even though that's, that's just what people do. But you ain't got to accept that if it's your money and your family. You know? You can go buy some crab legs. <laughs> you can go buy a nice little porterhouse steak or something. You can do a pot roast. You know, go straight pescadillion. Get 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 a get a large salmon. Put it on the grill or something. Like, why turkey? Why not chicken? Chicken is way better than turkey. It's just the dumb things that we do for tradition and then grocery stores stock up with all these turkeys. I'm not a really big ham guy either, so, you know, there's another tradition I'm willing to throw out the door as well, but we're just talking food here. But, I mean, the the, the, the generations below us, the generations not below us, but that come after us, they're going to question more of these things and why we do them, and they're going to be wanting to change these things. So that's always been my perspective when it comes to younger people um, getting into all of these different industries from from professional wrestling and music to movies to television Um, because there's just a lot of traditions that just need to change. Let's not forget, we're just not breaking the chains on on sexual assault and misconduct. It seemed like for a while that was just okay until, what, 2018? Now it's just not cool anymore? No, they need to speak up. We all need to speak up against that because that's just a tradition. It just needs to go away. And I'm not saying that, you know, what what we're talking about in the context here is, is as serious as that. But, like, question everything. 
You know? I mean, this is not a shout-out to the Flat Earthers. You guys are the idiots, but um, I can't knock the fact that you asked the question. You've just been told that the world was round. Do your research. Find out that the world is round. Like, do your research. Don't just take, a, take anybody's word for it, you know, but do your research. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. I have no problem with somebody questioning that. And, you know, Leo Rush did it to the extent where he wanted to put his career on the line. I could see somebody like that not wanting to accept somebody's help that would steer him to do things traditionally. Come on, man. Just, you know, hand out the water. Carry the bags, man. It's cool. It's okay. You're going to be a big star in this business. You just got to go through this right now. I'm not saying that everything Leo Rush did was right. I think, you know, bringing your family on 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 the road with you is... Eh. I don't think that was a smart move, but, I mean, if you want to be with your family, I can understand why you did it. Um, if you're angling for for a reality television show, which I felt like um, that was, like, part of what somebody reported, that, you know, he might have been angling for a reality television show, so he was trying to have his family there to try to sell, you know, whoever on it. Um, okay, that was an idea, but it was a bad one. Um. So you might want to set some some advice on that, but I mean, I just take it that he just didn't fool with with, with Mark Henry like that. He probably just sees Mark Henry as one of those guys that's not going to give him the best advice. So when Mark Henry asked him, "Was there any problem?" He was like, "No, I'm okay. I'm cool. I got it." I don't think Mark Henry can be slighted by that, and the idea that. This might be another tough sell, but the idea that you can take something on Twitter and use it to get somebody in the court of law, I mean, technically, I guess you can. Um, but I think that old people and young people, um, companies and businesses and individuals use Twitter differently. Um, it's a platform where I guess all of these things are welcome, which I guess would include cyberbullying. <laughs> um, but it's a platform that everybody uses. Now, I know through countless examples that young people use Twitter to vent frustrations. Um, most of us knew to have friends, family, um, therapy, um, creativity, other outlets to kind of vent frustrations to kind of get things out of your system so that you can move. In, in my perspective, it's better out than in. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody, just get it out of your system so that you can function, you know, as as a person, the person that you want to function as. Like any sort of negativity, deal with it, get it out so that, you know, saying you don't lose yourself in it. Um, for a lot of people, this outlet is, is Twitter. I uh, remember Chance the Rapper being criticized for, um, I'm not sure what the situation was. I think it was linked to, it was definitely linked to a death. I don't know if it was actual suicide or, you know, something of that nature, but, um, 
he kind of made this point, like, you know, our generation, we use Twitter to kind of vent our frustrations and try to, you know, you know, talk about our problems and our issues and kind of just get it out. Um, whether it's just, you know, send to get it out of your system or you, you really looking for that attention. Um, that's what a lot of people use this for. So for me, um, when I hear that and I see how other young people um, use social media platforms, you know, with the other ones like TikTok and things like that, you can be creative. But with Twitter, you just talk bullshit. You just get the bullshit out and then you keep it moving. Um, you really don't think about if it hurts anybody. Um, yes, that would be wrong. You should probably take an extra step to think about things like that because other people are affected by it. Um, but I just, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I just know that's how younger people tend to use this particular platform. So for me, whenever I see crazy things on Twitter, I take it with a grain of salt. It's just somebody just kind of getting one off. You, you can kind of tell the difference between somebody just trying to get it out of their system or, you know, not being themselves. And, you know, with the whole ACH thing, Jordan Miles thing and the T-shirt thing, you know. I took all of, I never took anything that he actually said on Twitter as an official statement in terms of how he felt or, or the thoughts and that he wanted to convey about the situation that he was in. You know, when when he talked to somebody and he talked to a news outlet or he, you know, went on a different platform where he can kind of think and and put out a paragraph. But, you know, that's that's what I took more of value when he was just kind of shooting off on Twitter. You know, saying in the moment as things are happening and as as he's experienced these feelings, like I never took any of that as, you know, I never took any of that to heart. I never took anything as serious. Um, I mean, he did say some things that he needed to apologize for. He did apologize for those things in his right mind. Um, but I never. It, it did enough to damage his career with the WWE. It probably did enough to damage his career in professional wrestling as a whole. Um, because of, of the other ways that people kind of take Twitter. But my perspective is like, you know, I take it with a grain of salt because I know that's how people of that generation use this platform. Or I should say of, what's a better word, of that creed. So I never take any of it seriously. So it's just, it's absurd to me, but at the same time, it's also legit if somebody wanted to produce a lawsuit based upon things that were said on Twitter. <coughs> so, um, that's my thoughts about that. I mean, on, on as a whole, I am tired of seeing, I'm tired of seeing people of color. I'm tired of seeing black people doing this to each other on public platforms. To me, this goes all the way back to Faison Love going on The Breakfast Club to promote nothing, but just going on there specifically to talk about how Dave Chappelle isn't funny to black people. Why? Why take the time to do that? Why waste your time to do that? I mean, he literally is on that show not to promote anything, why would the show even entertain that? I don't I don't get it. And you don't really see too many other races or creeds going out there and, and bashing each other like that publicly. You know, it's always within like the context of of, of 
a certain way. You know, so we might hear about it in a news reporter, you know, it says something like that, but we never see like, you know, it's not common to see these things paneled in public more so than, than, than black people with a little fame. I, I don't get it. And that's the one thing I wish would kind of just stop across the board, not just in wrestling, just across the board. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why we're the only people that do that. We truly are, you know, crabs in the barrel when we engage in that. And we just have to be better. Um, I hope that the situation between Leo Rush and, and Mark Henry is quiet because it's squashed. Um, and not because we're going to take this up to the next level and, and turn this into drama that doesn't need to be entertaining to us um, from two guys who are entertaining to, uh, to, to the masses in completely different ways. I don't want to see this drama. But if it happens, we got to talk about it. And that's what we're here to do. Even though we're not recording together, um, Ray sent me a question. Let's see what Ray's talking about real quick. I have a question for you, Mr. Gerard. Growing up, since you've been a wrestling enthusiast, what's been your favorite storyline? And what could they have done better? Did it end the way that you wanted? Uh, let's see. You dig into the crates on this one. Oh, okay. Favorite wrestling storyline growing up. Um, I mean, the premise of the show is basically to, to, to bash most of the storylines here. So... Um, this is a dude's. We gotta like something, right? Um, well, I gotta tell you a few honorable mentions um, to warm up to it here because you said growing up, but I have to admit that you know some of the wrestling storylines, we'll say within the past few past decade or so. I don't know. I'm not really counting years here, doing the math, but like the past decade or so, have been the ones that have been most intriguing to me. Um, the infamous pipe bomb, the whole, you know, CM Punk leaving the company with the WWE title. I mean, that's the storyline that pretty much got me back into uh, wrestling as a fan. Um, so I, I have to mention that one. Um, God, it's just been, you know, the, the long storyline between Okada and uh, Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, how, you know, saying no matter who's the champ at the time that Wrestle Kingdom comes around, that Okada could never beat Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that lasted like four years. Um, so finally he got the win a couple years ago. Um, that was a really good one. <laughs> um, but these are you know storylines from 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 now. Um, growing up, um, what was the my most favorite storyline? Hmm. The difficult part about trying to pick out one that you really liked is is that second part of the question is how did it end? Did it end the way that you wanted to? Oh, most of these storylines didn't end the way that you wanted to or, or the way you felt they needed to. Um, because most of the time they didn't have that kind of plan. Um, they, being the WWF, um, didn't really think ahead. And in, in, in my childhood, it was really the WWF and the WCW that I was paying attention to the most. You, know, you, you, you kind of go with the moment and you don't really plan for an ending to those storylines or those stories. Um, but I'm going to have to say the best one and 
my most favorite one has to be the NWO, the, the formation of the NWO, um, the WCW. I mean, it was just crazy to see Scott Hall show up on WCW television, and he's he's more or less breaking on that fourth wall. He's talking about billionaire Ted, and you know he's going to bring other guys. And then next thing you know, Kevin Nash shows up, and we didn't know where this was going. Um, it culminated with you know saying Hogan and Infamous heel turn, and and that's just a really big moment, and not just in wrestling history, in pop culture history, because at that time. It wasn't even about wrestling fandom. It was just, you know, the equivalent of like Superman all of a sudden being a bad guy or um, Michael Jordan. Like, you know, we just watched this this incredible um, documentary about the last dance. And a lot of people may have not known that Michael Jordan might not have been a likable guy. He was pretty much an asshole. But that wasn't really relevant, prevalent. You know, saying during that time, he had this really clean image. If, you know, this documentary really came out back then and, you know, you start hearing him call his his his, his playmates, uh, you know, other people on the team, like, you know, hoes and, you know, shut up and shoot the ball, bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? If that was the Michael Jordan that we knew uh, back in the 90s, that would have been so crushing to, to kids who looked up to him, you know? So, like, Hogan is in that, that echelon. And, you know, so for him to be the bad guy, that was big. It wasn't a wrestling thing. It was a pop culture thing. It was a thing that everybody talked about. And that happened in, like, 1996. I remember, I mean, I was still, like, a junior in high school. So it was about the time where I was, you know, most kids were aware of wrestling, but probably were probably more aware of, like, you know, girls and um, sports and other things um, that weren't fake. <laughs> um, but that was still like, you know, it's it stopped the world. And I remember being a part of that. So I I'm not trying to talk about it from from a pop culture perspective. I mean, it was really interesting um to see basically WCW go from kind of like this neon, you know, wrestling company to just gangster. <laughs> I mean, to to put it in the best context, it was it was pretty gangster. I mean, it was it was mob action. Like you know, this crew just kept getting bigger and bigger, and all they all they would do is just disrupt wrestling, disrupt these shows, and just beat up on people, and 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 you know, talk about this new world order, which you know was something that I think as a country we got shocked with the first time we heard like George Bush Senior talk about that, you know, saying an address, you know, when he was president. You know, we were kind of worried about this new world order and what it really meant. Um, this was like, you know, for them to kind of adopt that that ideology and, and turn it into a wrestling program. Like it was, it was awesome because um, it wasn't it, it just it transcended professional wrestling and it just turned into this thing that we just everybody just had to watch and talk about um, on Tuesday morning um, every time it happened. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go with the formation of the NWO. Um, did it end the way I wanted it to? Absolutely not. Um, that pretty much ended, or I guess the idea of the NWO ended with the finger poke of doom. So that's not something that anybody wanted. Um, you you build up this crew, 
of bad guys, you just want to see them get beat. Like you're building it up so that they can get beat. You try to drag it out as long as possible because it's a big money maker for all the guys and it's very popular and it's drawing attention to the product. It's like the the primary driving force behind the Monday Night Wars and you know, saying getting people to tune into wrestling at astronomical Super Bowl type numbers in terms of ratings. Um yeah, no, I don't think that's the way it was supposed to end. Um and a lot of people who were, you know, benefiting from that, I, I don't think that's something that they would agree with either. Um to start of the fall of WCW. It started the fall of the competition that kept the the wrestling industry interesting during that time. So um no, it did not end the way that I would have liked it to end. It should have ended with a hero. It should have ended with Diamond Dallas Page or or Goldberg or Sting or, you know, something to that effect. Maybe even Booker T. Um, you know, saying ending it or, you know, kind of restoring the balance to the WCW side. Like, that's the way that storyline should have ended. Um should, it should have always been to the extent of building up stronger babyface characters. Um, and it, like I said, we got Diamond Dallas Page, we got Sting um, on the next level, we got um, Goldberg, um, but none of it was sustainable enough to, like the heels had to win in that situation. And that's not the way it should have gone. And I mean, if, if the heels was going to win in that situation, it should have came from, it should have gone back to wrestling. You know, it shouldn't have been shenanigans. Um, but you have to understand that people that, that were at the top were not, you know, guys who were trying to go out there and wrestle every week. Um, that was kind of the whole point of them being in WCW in the first place. Um, the part that really sucked about the W the NWO was like, it was so many members to that. So many people was damn near half the roster that was that was Team MWO, maybe even more so. And none of it actually culminated in wrestling matches. There's a lot of drama and a lot of things that they did on Monday Night Nitro um, to um, get the attention of fans and to get those ratings. Um, but it never culminated in any matches. It was, it was for some reason, like at one point in time, you would look at it and be like, oh, this is like the retirement plan for wrestlers who couldn't go out there every week and, you know, so put their bodies on the line that were over a certain age. Um, and that was, you know, it's like you, you, if the NWO was, was going to be involved, you weren't going to get a great wrestling match out of it. Um, the best you were going to get was Hogan, um, which is not saying much if you think about what he was willing to do inside of the ring during that time, which is not much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, after, after a while, it just kind of got boring. Um, they tried to do the Wolfpack thing, which was interesting and entertaining on some levels. Um, but you can't really go back and say, oh, what was the best, like, NWO versus Wolfpack match? You ain't got one. There's no top tenors in there. <laughs> There's nothing at the end of the day. The best wrestling had nothing to do with anybody who took up those colors. So, um, but at the beginning, it was great. At the beginning, it was it was damn near award-winning stuff. Um, if they could have kept it going, if they could have put some real writing behind it, if they were not, not going to put, you know, anybody over, 
in that sense. Um, but yeah, the NWO was probably my most favorite and probably also my least favorite at the end of storylines of my childhood. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. And this is where I'm going to wrap up the show. I, you know, if, if me and my guys were all together, we could probably go four or five hours. <laughs> we definitely go hard in, in, in our, in our um, group chat. And especially what this podcast is, 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 it's basically our group chat about professional wrestling personified. I can't sit here and, and honestly talk to myself. I know I'm talking to you, but I'm really just in a room talking to myself <laughs> for a long time, for like an hour. Uh, kudos to to the podcasters out there that can do it. Maybe I'll get on your level one day because uh, I definitely want to get on some levels one day and and, and stop this life of, of selling drugs that I'm in. <laughs> I really just want to talk to you guys about wrestling or Final Fantasy or hip hop, but mostly professional wrestling. Um, but I am going to send a shout out to Sean. I'm going to send a shout out to Ray. Um, the other two wise men of the group. Um, I hope you guys are staying safe. Um, I hope you're not being overworked. Um, I hope that you're um, still sane and that you're getting proper rest. And um, yeah, um, just a shout out to you guys. And you know, when you guys have time, <laughs> we can still do the wise and wrestling podcast. We're, we're going. This thing is not going to stop. Um, I, I will personally make sure of that. Um, so this is the show that you're getting this week. Um, we'll see what happens next week. We'll see if this new cycle is going out of control or is going to slow down for us. So uh, we have time to get back and talk to you guys about you know so what's happening in the real world here. Um, we do know that there is a pay-per-view tonight that I'm excited about. Um, AEW, uh, Double or Nothing. Um, some people are debating whether or not this is their considered their WrestleMania, but we'll see. I know that the live shows that they've been doing on Wednesday night have been considerably better, in my opinion, than the WWE ones, just because they're getting more people involved and they have a semblance of a crowd out there that's kind of interacting and reacting to things that we're seeing inside of the ring. So, and they've been able to make the best. I've figured out out of the, out of every everybody, they they're the ones that been able to make the best out of this in the arena pandemic thing that we're doing here but um yeah so um i'm really excited about tonight's pay-per-view i ordered it like weeks ago so i'm ready um so uh, yeah hopefully next week we'll be talking about the results of double or nothing and um probably more lighter positive professional wrestling news please universe god <laughs> fence <laughs> um but in the meantime um it was it did me it it did myself well to take the time to talk to you guys today i've been itching to talk to you guys about professional wrestling so if anything thank you thank thank you for letting me vet and letting me get this out so i can go about the rest of my day <laughs> uh, which is probably going to include a few more beers here um remember to please stay safe um, look out for your loved ones from a distance. Um, wash your hands. Uh, follow your state's rules for social distancing and going in and out of stores. Don't try to make the news by being an asshole. 
Um, I know everybody believes one way or the other, but you know, this is not about what you believe so much. It's not the thing about what's happening right now. It's not about you. It's about how you feel about the people around you. Um, a lot of people are really showing their showing ass right now um, in terms of how they feel about other people. I, you know, I love you guys. I hope you guys love me. And, you know, it's up to us to take care of each other. It's, 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 out, of, it's out of everybody else's hands. No one's going to take care of us. Nobody even knows what's going on to take care of us. We just have to take care of each other. So wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Um, shout out to the graduates. <laughs> Uh, shout out to everybody who's had a birthday in, in, in under duress. We're going to take over somebody else's. My birthday was back in April, and then the plan is that we're going to take over you know, Leo season, Capricorn season, Scorpio season, maybe. Like, we think we come in for those birthdays because we couldn't have a birthday, you know, outside. So we're, 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 we're taking yours. That is the plan. Um, but until then, please stay safe. Um, remember that your attention is currency, especially now. Um, you vote with your dollars and even if you are a mark please leave a positive mark on his life see you next week for episode 85